spawned a common sense, generally fun, and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And today we're going to be talking with Stacy Billis, family cookbook author, food writer, podcaster, and former Cool Mom Eats editor about feeding Ooh. kids during the quarantine. Ooh, baby. We're going to talk about how things are different, how we make the most of it, how we save money, how we cut back on food waste, which we're all talking about these days, and hopefully we'll find some of the silver linings. So let's just tell you a little bit more about Stacy, in case you don't know her yet, which you should. Stacy is a veteran <laughs> food editor, co-host of the popular food podcast for parents, Didn't I Just Feed You?, and the author of Make It Easy, which we've talked about here on Spawned. And she's the author of the brand new about to be released winner winner chicken dinner 50 winning ways to cook it up which is available for pre-order now stacy's recipes and non-judgmental cooking advice have been featured in dozens of publications including parents every day with rachel ray the washington post red book and of course cool mom eats she's also shared her recipes and cooking hacks on tv outlets including the today show qvc and hallmark's home and family and now with our spawned community welcome back stacy Thank you, ladies. I love talking to you guys. I miss you, you guys. Too. I miss you too. Here's the thing, Stacy. We're both in Brooklyn, and nothing is more melancholy than knowing after this podcast is over, we can't hang up and say, "Let's get together soon." I know. Oh, oh man. If we lived a little closer, we could maybe do like a stoop drive-by. Oh, that's true. <laughs> we've had, like, that's one, true. We've had one or two of those, but it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping when the weather gets nicer, we can just take really, really long six feet apart walks and yes. like stand across the street and shout to each other. It sounds magical. That's my spring uh, bucket list. <laughs> how sounds are you magical. for real? How are you and how is your family? How are you all doing? Oh, <laughs> such a big question. And it really, it changes like every hour. So we started the quarantine on spring break and it was weird and disappointing. And we went through all the motions, emotions, but it was like, okay, like we're in spring break. We can kind of be relaxed. School started this week <laughs> and it got really, really intense, particularly for my 10 year old. So like transitioning from like doing nothing, being in pajamas, being relaxed to remote learning. And he's not the most self-directed human being in the world and is really attached to me. So it's been a very exhausting week and I'm working really, really hard to not be his teacher. We had a funny moment where I said to him, you know, I just want to be your mommy. Like I'm not your teacher. You have to reach out to your teachers and ask them for help. Just do your best and that's good enough because Jesus I mean nothing he can learn right now in fourth grade is gonna matter like just <laughs> a good reminder yeah that's a good reminder so he was like the next day he had a better day and he came down he's like hey I finished all my work can we make brownies together just like you're my <gasps> mommy like mommy brownies oh <laughs> But that what a great reminder that kids really, they can do this and they're going to lean on us as much as they can. And when we say, no, you can do it, they they often can. Yeah, totally. And then brownies. <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with that? There's a big lesson in independence with this whole thing, I think. Like they're, my kids, are, we have laundry days. Like, And my kids have been pretty independent before this all happened. But there is a whole lot of you can do it yourself. I'm empowering you because also I need my time to do my own thing, to breathe and relax and cry and freak out. So you can do your own underwear. <laughs> Thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> I have to say, I have one independent kid and I just want to take a moment to shout
shout out the independent self-directed kids. I am like deeply, deeply appreciative of them right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's interesting. We have one school that's keeping my high schooler on a schedule pretty much like her school schedule and that's been really good for her. And then the middle school has been a little more self-directed. You know, we're a couple weeks ahead of you because our our spring breaks were different. You'll see a big difference next week and then the week after. Like they kind of get into the swing of things. It becomes the new normal and I have hope for your kids. I think things are going to come together. <laughs> and for you. And for more brownies. And I also didn't mean to sound like I have a favorite child, but you know it happens. <laughs> it, it changes. <laughs> so Chris and I were talking before you hopped on about kind of what's been different. And for us, you know, I am not the biggest cook. I definitely single-handedly kept a lot of our local restaurants in business through takeout and <laughs> delivery. And um, we are cooking at home more than ever. And it's been amazing for us. Like we are having full meals with vegetables and dessert and everything and everyone's cooking and everyone's cleaning and it's been kind of joyous. But for someone like you who already does a ton of cooking at home and has the family meals and has the full gorgeous professional kitchen, like what's changed for you? Oh, I'm totally exhausted. I feel like there's been this reversal. So I host this podcast, Didn't I Just Feed You with my partner, Megan Spawn, and she and I were talking the other day about how there's been this reversal where we've always been encouraging home cooking like, you know, just nudging them, you know, no judgment. We know people are busy. It's not their priority, but try cooking a little more, like try making that from scratch, like try pulling the kids in the kitchen. If you have the time, we promise there can be some joy in it. And now we feel like everybody's discovering that at least on some days, not every day. Yeah. (laughs) She and I are completely exhausted. Like it just like cranked up to 10, you know, because there's a lot of demand for content right now and we want to help other people, but the kids are home more and we're cooking nonstop and it just feels like it never ends. It's like, didn't I just feed you? That phrase takes on a whole new meaning these (laughs) days when you're home with your kids nonstop. Also, everyone's (laughs) making bread now. Like it's insane. I look around. I mean, and I get it. It's kind of exciting, right? To have all this time that you didn't have before where you can try to make meals that you don't have to worry about it only being in one pan. You know, like you have time to sit and stare at the oven for an hour. But I I know from a few of my friends who do all the cooking in their house all the time, they are exhausted. Like yes. it's not a novelty. They are done. I'm done. <laughs> yes. I'm so done. Yes. So I've been encouraging my kids to cook more and to be in charge of certain meals. Like breakfast and lunch, kids can do. Like you guys, you've got this. Like we were uh-huh. saying the beginning. We're the same way. We're the same way. Breakfast on your own. Lunch, you know, maybe I'll help out. We'll try to sit down together, um, but kind of on our own. But dinner is like everyone coming together. Totally. And that has been nice. Like everybody being able to stop work. You know, there's no practice. There's no different like office hours. So we all get to sit together as a family. And my kids actually did make huge dinners. It was a challenge (laughs) the weekend before school started. And Oliver made a four course meal out of a cookbook and Isaac made a three course meal. And they, I mean, you know, I helped them a lot, but it was pretty fantastic to watch them kind of stretch in the kitchen. I love being able to see the positives, right? Because it's tough right now. I think especially for our kids, it's tough for us too. You're looking at the news and you're on social media and you see all the negatives. And I've really been trying to flip that dialogue because it's the only way I'm going to get through. And I think that's one of them, right, is just watching our kids in this difficult time flourish in so many different ways and cooking their own damn dinner. Is yes, totally. And I if I can it. make a suggestion to our listeners, if you ever watch the um, 
White House press briefings at five o'clock Eastern, <laughs> turn them off. That's like a good hour of your life that you can put towards yes. more productive things with fewer lies in them. Like helping your kids cook, <laughs> marinating the steak, preheating the oven. Like really, that's like a whole hour of your life that you can put towards more positive use. And that's my very political and cooking friendly recommendation. Okay, politics aside, let's talk about picky eaters for a second, because I know this is a big topic for our listeners, for our readers on Cool Mom Eats. We've talked about it a lot personally, Stacey, yes. on here as well. How do you think parents should handle that these days? Like, for example, I know with screen time. Those of us who had strict limits are kind of like, ah, go play Nintendo until midnight. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're kind of like using <laughs> up. Notes. And I'm wondering how you think parents are handling or should handle picky eaters these days. Are you seeing people kind of relaxing the rules on snacks? Are people like saying more than ever, you have to keep your immune system up, eat the Brussels sprouts? Like what, what do you think's going on? So there? I, you know, listen, I'm guessing that there's way more cooking happening and even an uptick in meals that you might not normally serve. And I feel like if that's the case, you are already doing half the job of dealing with picky eaters, right? Because so much of it is just exposing them to different foods, modeling, eating a range of foods. And that's that's already being done, maybe even more than before. So if that's not happening, I'm going to guess it's not happening because the volume of cooking is kind of overwhelming to you. Or, you know, I don't know, maybe cooking just isn't relieving you of stress and anxiety, in which case stressing over picky eating is so not what you need to be doing right now. Right. So I kind of feel it's going to work itself out. I do think in this short amount of time, even though it's a little longer than expected and it feels like an eternity, is not going to matter in the long run. So if you're running a program with your picky eater, I would suggest that you at least find a maintenance plan so you don't have to start from scratch. Otherwise, I don't know, just let them be. I mean, that's my philosophy. I'm trying to remind myself that, you know, when my kids are away at lunch, I don't know what they're eating. You know, if it's something totally ridiculous and the opposite of nutritious, at least you haven't endorsed it. <laughs> so you've got kids cooking full course meals in your house. I've got kids making their own breakfast and lunch and some dinner reluctantly. We've got some quesadilla making here. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so can you just give us some ideas of what kinds of things we can expect our kids to be doing in the kitchen right now? So start with little kids and then kind of go up through the ages. Okay. So first of all, there's a really wonderful post on coolmomeats.com about this. Yes, there <laughs> oh, is. And we it. will link it. Yes. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I'm glad you want to start with small kids because I want to give a shout out to all the parents who are not <laughs> feeling pulling their small kids into the kitchen right now. I feel like if baking with them makes you feel good, it gives you the happy feels, go for it. You know, every little kid can measure, every little kid can mix, but it can be time consuming. It can make a mess. Having little kids in the kitchen can be stressful. So, you know, a lot of the thinking behind bringing little kids into the kitchen in the first place, aside from it brings you joy, is to expose them to different foods, to cooking, to the kitchen, which helps combat pickiness and it fosters independence and curiosity about food and all that good stuff. But if you don't have the energy to do things that further those goals right now, I think that that's so fine. <laughs> you need to just like get in the kitchen and get out, like bringing your five-year-old who's not actually going to help you accomplish the goal of getting dinner on the table more easily or faster. Don't feel obligated. 
Because there is a lot of content out there right now that's like, oh, we have all this time to pull the kids into the kitchen. I, You know, only do it if it makes you happy. But starting at like seven or eight years old, <laughs> I think these kids can be actually helpful to us. So, you know, there's this kind of cross-reference of age and also experience in the kitchen. So, for example, my 10-year-old is actually much more well-versed in cooking than my 13-year-old. It sort of evens out, but actually my 10-year-old can do and does more and is way more helpful. Oh, I remember when he was like seven and sharing all of his favorite yeah. um, salad add-ins with me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay then. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, these age groupings are definitely like loose, but I would say that any kid over seven or eight can make a smoothie, can make toast, can, if you have a microwave, reheat pancakes and waffles. I always make a double batch of those to freeze. They can even make waffles and pancakes from a mix. I love cooking from scratch, but I always have Bisquick in my house so that my 10-year-old can just make his breakfast completely on his own. We're doing all these things. I'm so glad to hear this. And I love that you brought up smoothies because I know we're both big smoothie fans. It's so easy. And especially now that people are really concerned about food waste, it's such a great way to take your fruit that's starting to get like not so perfect and freeze it up and plop it back in. And actually my kids like it even better when the bananas are frozen. Yeah, totally. And you know what I've done because of food waste? They were experimenting with smoothies and they were like, "Mm, this came out kind of gross. And I'm like, no. Uh-uh, uh-uh, not today, kids. Like, we're not going to waste this. So I have a cookbook. Um, Catherine McCord's most recent cookbook, Smoothie Project, is really fantastic. But you can also just print some smoothie recipes online. I'm sure on coolmomeats.com, there's amazing recipes for smoothies. But I printed a bunch so that they're following a recipe just so I can make sure it turns out well and that they're going to drink it just because I don't want to. I'm all for, you know, encouraging them to be creative. But right now is not the time to like use up half of my bag of frozen pineapple. Right. <laughs> you know, and then be like, mm, this is gross. Yeah, that's a great point. Because my kids are dumping like yeah. half a gallon of milk into these things. And I'm like, yeah. sorry, kids, <laughs> figure out a way to yeah. drink it down. <laughs> Put it in your cereal. <laughs> Good luck totally. to you. Yeah. So pull recipes, yogurt parfaits are really easy. And that like those ideas take you through breakfast. Also for lunch, sandwich reheating leftovers, quesadilla, scrambled eggs are really easy. Turning leftover rice into fried rice is really big in my house right now. Mm. So just making sure you grab frozen peas, always make a double batch of fried have it in there. And then it's really just like a little oil, a little bit of the rice, the frozen veggies, and then whisk two eggs and add it in, you know, and they can season it with soy sauce or however they want. So I really find like starting at seven or eight, you can really support them in being able to make their own breakfasts and lunch, maybe even for you. Oh, and by the way, can I just throw in soup? Soup has been really good for us. Uh-huh. We went to H Mart just before all this, capital A, capital T, began. And uh, we got a huge thing of ramen noodles because we figured it would be cheaper and better than buying like the little packs. Yeah, and so totally. now they're just heating up chicken broth and popping the uh, ramen right in there and making their own ramen. That's awesome. And actually that goes with something that I think kids can do to help you with your dinner prep, which is make sauces. So like roasted red peppers from a jar, a little balsamic vinegar and oil and garlic, uh, making up a tzatziki, um, making a pesto. Those are all things that don't require a lot of knife work or stove work. 
which is something that makes some parents nervous. Because also, FYI, this is not the time to chop your finger off. Like, we do not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No kitchen injuries. Right? No kitchen injuries. Actually, my youngest is really scared to wash knives for some reason. She has like a lot of kitchen fears. And, and she's worried about washing knives. And this is the one time that I'm not really pushing her. I'm like, it's okay. I'll wash yeah, the knives. I totally <laughs> agree. This isn't the time to push for anything. But your blender, your food processor, or a bowl and a whisk, you can make sauces. And then like that relieves you. Like that's a great flavor booster. And didn't I just feed you? We did a whole episode just on sauces because then you can just saute chicken cutlets or grill whatever. And then the sauce is made because your kid helped and it's flavorful and not just weird plain protein. Um, <laughs> or like peanut sauce is another great one. And then if you have an older kid who's 13 and older, you know, if they have experience or they're savvy enough, there's really no reason why they can't start to like saute a chicken cutlet. That's really easy because it's thin sliced and it cooks fast. They can saute veggies. They can roast a batch of veggies to help you and like actually contribute to dinner. And if they're not savvy in the kitchen, but they're 13 plus, you can certainly teach them how to do all of those I things. Love that. Yeah. Hey, yes. Thalia made a fantastic teriyaki marinade the other day. Um, we did a little more of the chicken, but like she was so proud of herself. Like that's not something we usually do. My kids are not like your kids. We're, we're really not like a big cooking family until recently. And like that little win gave her so much more confidence. What? She bakes a lot, but now she really wants to try new things. It's like, it's really exciting to see. And it's a big silver lining for me. Yeah. And getting in the kitchen really does get them to try new foods. Yes, it really does. We've been it really saying does. it, but like now everybody can actually see it in action. Well, also they know we are serious when we are like, okay, I made this, you're eating it. Like there's a little more yeah. of that going on now. Like yeah. we're not throwing stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> I love just reminding people too, that cooking is putting things together. Like we just ran this post on Cool Mom Eats about ways to kind of make your tomato sauce more interesting and that kind of thing. And it's okay. Like if you've got kids and you're like, here, you don't want plain old red tomato sauce. Well, let's think of what you could add to it. I mean, that's cooking and that's at, yes, it's jarred sauce, but you can doctor it up however you want. I think empowering our kids to be able to do that and know like it doesn't have to be noodles from scratch. You don't have to be making macarons. It could just be you love tomato sauce and you're going to try it today with cut up roasted red peppers or something. Yeah, so totally. So listen, let's talk about your new book because seriously, this is funny. I haven't even told you this. So, you know, I tend to get a lot of books sent to us for Cool Mom Picks consideration, and I just kind of, like, rip them open and put them on the side and, you know, come back to them every week or so. And I open up this one that says, Winner, Winner, Chicken Dinner, and I'm like, oh, what good timing for this book, you guys. And we start <laughs> looking at it, and the kids are flipping through, and they're like, this looks great. And I go, oh, wait, this is Stacy's book. <laughs> so I didn't even realize until I opened it. I, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, this is one we're definitely using. So honest, real recommendation from someone who didn't even know it was yours. It's really smart, um, especially now, because for some reason in our local markets, good beef cuts are kind of hard to find. Mm -hmm. So we've definitely been doing more chicken, also a little more affordable. And my kids can all agree on chicken a little more than other kinds of meats. Why do you think in general, this is so helpful for families right now? Because when obviously when you wrote it, we didn't know we were heading into quarantine landia. <laughs> 
but it just kind of worked out that way. So tell me about how the book is relevant to how we're all living today. Well, you know, it's like I was saying before that I feel like a lot of the stuff that as a food professional, I've been preaching for a while. People are like, oh yeah, now that they're home and cooking more and forced to cook Mm -hmm. more. So, you know, the idea that chicken is so popular because it's perceived to be healthy and it totally can be. It's lean, it's easy. The kids typically like it depending on how you prepare it. I figured if my mission is to help family cooks, then helping them figure out chicken dinners <laughs> is the way to go. And I just feel like that's amplified right now, right? We want comfort food. We want something that's easy. We want to make sure we're not wasting food. So it needs to be delicious. So in all those ways that I was thinking about before quarantine are very applicable now. But there's also some stuff that I put in here that I was like, well, you know, this will be for the like more advanced cook, for example how to cut up a whole chicken. And I'm talking about raw, not carving it afterwards. I've known how to do this forever, but I had a friend who's a butcher come over one afternoon and just like train me till I was like a master. And then in the book, we did step-by-step photos for how to break up a chicken. And I thought this will be for the more ambitious cooks. As it turns out, (laughs) I'm hearing that some people can only find whole birds and they don't really know what to do with it except just roast the chicken. But if you learn how to break down a bird, you actually can do so much more. You can do arroz con pollo. The other awesome thing about knowing how to break down a bird, which I know sounds advanced, but we just might all have to get there during this quarantine, is that it's a lot easier and more affordable, A, in general, but also to then, if you are making chicken and rice with the bone in skin on parts, but then you have one kid who's like, I just like plain grilled boneless skinless chicken breasts, please. You can do that all with one bird without having to open two separate packages, without having to spend on two separate packages of chicken. So there are some basic skills in here that I think are useful. There's a whole chapter on leftovers. Ah, yes. That's a big one because there's always that amount of chicken leftover. (laughs) It's like not quite enough to be the main for the next meal, but can easily be turned into, you know, chicken salad for lunch or a leftover chicken pot pie, which is a recipe in the book. There's also in that chapter a party size chili queso dip, which is really good. I don't know. All your entertaining needs these days. Like that's dinner now. Yeah. Right. Hey, I'm all for it. Snacks are dinner. Snacks are dinner. (laughs) Actually, speaking of which, the other thing I really like that you do is it's not just here are the recipes. I like that you have like, here's seven kinds of compound butters that you can make, or here's four kinds of dipping sauces or marinades. So it lets you have the flexibility to change things up so you're not bored. Like there's a really big difference between having a Mexican flavored chicken one night and something more Asian inspired another night. So I I really like that you give us those kinds of sauces and dips and marinades and butters and things to just keep things interesting. Awesome. I'm glad because that was the whole point of it. And then another one of my favorite recipes is the arroz con pollo because my kids like that. And the recipe was inspired by the original like Puerto Rican style. But then I have directions on how to make any kind of chicken with rice. So you can use Indian 
Italian flavors. You can use Greek flavors and switch it up. So I do think there's a lot of versatility, both in what cuts you can use. It can help you make any kind of delicious dinner with whatever you find at the supermarket. And then it gives you the tools to kind of flex and play around with it. Also, on a side note, I have to say I was laughing as soon as I saw chicken paprikash in here because that always makes me think of when Harry met Sally. (laughs) Me too. I think everyone, right? That's like (laughs) such a great pop culture reference. Sue, you know I had a reference and it got edited out. No. Let me talk to your editor. (laughs) It's like one of the best That's a pretty good impression. Oh, well, you know, but the thing is you're so funny anyway. Like your tone is really light and you're really humorous and witty as anyone who reads Cool Mom Eats knows. So um, it makes it enjoyable even with the funny reference edited out. I think it like aged me or something. (laughs) I think that was the concern that not everybody who read the edits got it. My primary editor was like, don't worry, I get it too. When I wrote a food cookbook way back when, I remember my editor took out the term my bad. She's like, "What, what does this mean? And I was like, I think it's generational. Hilarious. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. And she's like, my my bad? I don't understand. This is not a complete sentence. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we, we could go into editor stories. But Stacey, you brought up leftovers. And I just want to talk about that more because that is a big deal right now. And we actually have instituted a leftover night just because we're not going to be cooking every single night of the week. But there are way more things that you can do. Right? It's, it's not just a matter of like putting, you know, the leftover chicken out and being like, have at it, children. Like there are some creative ways that you can be reusing what's left from dinner. Can you just give a few suggestions? You know, chicken is great, but like what else can we do? You mentioned chicken salad is great for lunch, but what are some other ways that we can be using leftover chicken? You know, I even include in the leftovers chapter how to poach chicken. And I have both cuts, you know, whether it has bone in, skin on, or it's skinless and boneless, because I think that poaching chicken and basically creating intentional leftovers is really, really smart. Because once you have that chicken meat that's prepped pretty simply, you know, if it hasn't been fully sauced, like pulled off of a roast chicken, there's a thousand things you can do. I mean, you can put it on pizza, you know, a barbecue chicken pizza. You can toss it with a new sauce if it hasn't been heavily sauced already and serve it over rice, like making chicken curry. You can even adapt recipes that call for raw chicken and throw the already cooked chicken in at the end, especially if it's something saucy. So again, I'm thinking about throwing it on pizzas, tossing it into sauce, barbecue sauce, curries that you make, pesto and putting it on salads, cooking it into chicken pot pie and using puff pastry. Puff pastry is one of my favorite under talked about ingredients because it puffs up and cooks so beautifully and is just golden brown and delicious and looks and feels fancy, but literally all you do is take it out of the freezer, thaw it, and then put it on top of whatever and bake. You can do kind of a reverse of a chicken pot pie, and instead of using the puff pastry on top, roll it out onto a sheet pan, and then toss your chicken with a little olive oil, maybe a little pesto, spread it around the puff pastry with some veggies, and then roast the whole thing, and you kind of make an open-faced tart. Okay, I'm hungry now. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Leftovers could sound so good. I like that. Intentional leftovers. Yeah. I love it. You could do what we do, which is just wrap everything in a tortilla. (laughs) That's how we went to Costco before all this, and we got like the 500 pack of tortillas, so (laughs) they're getting good use these days. Tacos, burritos, and toast Sadas are always the gimmicks. Yes. yes. <laughs> so let me just ask you, what are your favorite recipes in the book that 
are quarantine cooking ready. They're easy, readily available ingredients right now. Like, you know, puff pastry may or may not be available where you get deliveries or or at your supermarket. Like, is there anything that you want to call out specifically that you know is simple and basic and really helpful to families right now? Yeah. So last night I made the green and white chicken chili and that is going to be beans and canned green chilies. It does call for some fresh jalapeno, some fresh scallion and cilantro. But if you can't find all three, of those, any one of them in combination with the canned green chilies is going to give you plenty of flavor. And then you also finish it with lime juice. So you're going to get flavor no matter what. There's enough layering of flavor and ground spices. Oh, is that the one where you talk about how actually the ready-made lime juice in this case is better than an actual lime? I thought that was really helpful. Yeah. And you know, I still debate it with some other foodie people, but I stand my ground on this. What Liz is talking about is that if you can get all natural, either in a jar, it's usually in a little plastic squeezy that shaped like a lemon or a lime, lemon or lime juice that's already done for you, they basically equalize the pH and you can get a reliable level of acidity from both of those. So especially when limes are out of season, you know, and you get them and they're hard and you can hardly get any juice out of them, that sucks. (laughs) It can have a really weak flavor and you end up adding tons more and it throws your recipe off or you have to zest it. And like, sometimes that's annoying. So I always, always have that stuff on hand. I'm going to totally use that phrase a reliable level of acidity. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to make me sound really smart. <laughs> and hey, let me ask you like one more question. Yeah. So we just put together a really good post on Cool Mom Eats. I don't know if you saw it. Like we asked everybody in our staff, what are your kitchen baking essentials or your gadgets or little appliances that you're using a lot right now that you're so glad to have? And it was everything from Lisa recommended her Silipats and really good baking sheets. I talked about our rice cooker. We mentioned the spiralizer you had mentioned way back when. I think I talked about like a really good blender. Like, is there anything right now that you are so glad to have or wish you had or that you think people could order right now that would just make life so much better in the kitchen? Yeah, I did see that post. I thought it was awesome. We're using the blender all the time. We talked about smoothies. We're using the Instant Pot a lot because Mm. I'm actually not using it for like dump and go dinners because I'm kind of taking my time to treat myself with dinner on the days that I can. But I'm using it for things like hard boiling eggs in a big batch, making dry beans because they were easier to find and more affordable. So I'm loving my Instant Pot more than ever. I'm also using my Dutch oven a ton. I love a Dutch oven. You can bake bread in it. You can cook your pasta in it and it's easier to clean. You can make a soup or a stew. Like it's just great. And I recently got a brazer, which is like a enameled cast iron pot that slopes up. So it's really good for braising, obviously. That's how it gets its name. But I use it in place of my walk when I'm just like going fast and I can't deal. And it's really easy to clean. That's because it has those beautiful sloped sides. Really smart. I have one other one. Yeah. I have one Japanese ceramic knife. So the brand I have is Kyocera, but you know, there are tons of them and I haven't compared them. So it's not an endorsement. It's just what I have. (laughs) And ceramic knives don't have to be honed. And I'm really, really crazy about my knives. Like I hone them after every use, which is proper knife use. But the Kyocera, I don't mind giving to my kids because it's really easy to manage. It's not too lightweight where it can be, feel a little dangerous. I 
I love a good lightweight knife, but for them, it needs a tiny bit more heft. And then they can just wash it themselves and put it away. And I'm not going after them like a crazy woman. Like, did you hone my knife? That's a great idea. <laughs> Things you've never heard in my house. <laughs> <laughs> we included a few good knife sharpeners in the post as yeah. well, because that was uh, one of our staff members' picks. It was like, oh, I have to have a, a knife sharpener, which led to a big discussion about which was the best kind. So we'll link that up on Cool Mom Picks on the podcast page so you can find all the things we're talking about here. And we will even seek out the best prices for you because that's what we do. So Stacy, okay, <laughs> there are so many ways people can find you, but you've got your website, Stacy Billis, S-T-A-C-I-E, Billis.com. You're on Instagram, your podcast, which people can subscribe to right now while they're listening to Spawn, Didn't I Just Feed You? And your new book, Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, 50 Winning Ways to Cook It Up, which will be available everywhere you can find books. It's hard to launch a book during this time, but also something that's so useful for so many people. I mean, so many people are cooking. If Liz is making four-course meals <laughs> during the pandemic. I am cooking meals. <laughs> Not only am I cooking meals, Christian, I bought my first ever cast iron skillet. Yes. And we have used it every day for a week and we're seasoning it and we're like all fancy whipping things up in there. Like I am on this. So I'm telling you, this is a great cookbook. We are using it this week for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, we will be right back with our cool picks of the week after this. So Liz, I am so excited to introduce you to our newest sponsor because I don't know about your family, but we have eczema. I have very bad eczema on and off. My oldest, Quinlan, has had it since she was a baby. So Glad Skin, oh my gosh, I've been using it. Spoiler alert, it's awesome. Well, we do not have eczema, but I know that you have been talking about this a lot. Yes. So I want to hear more about it because I, I know you are actually using it. Yeah. So <laughs> here's the thing, like, Parents, especially, you know, like, yes, on myself, I've been trying to find lotions, but even more carefully looking for things that I'm going to put on my baby and my kids. And so many things out there have preservatives, they have steroids, they have fragrances, and I just don't really want that. So that's what makes Glad Skin so different is that it's smarter, not stronger. So you can actually use this on babies three months and older, and you can use it anytime. So a lot of lotions are just true reading the symptoms and then you don't want to keep using it. But this you can actually keep using daily to kind of head off the eczema, which is my problem. Like I'll start and I'll use it and then I'll be like, I'm fine. And then it'll come back. Ah, and yes. I know I'm looking at actually the notes here and it sounds really smart. It's free of steroids, fragrances, preservatives. There's no giant alcohols. It's hypoallergenic. It's dermatologist recommended. It's accepted by the National Eczema Association. I will just say on a personal level, anything like that to me gives me a lot of confidence, especially these days where like you don't want to have to go to your pediatrician for something like eczema. They're really busy these days. And if we can solve problems like this on our own, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And so what it does is it actually relieves the itching that you get and the redness. Both of them are kind of like, I don't want to say one is worse. And it's not steroids, right? Right. It's like exactly. So it's moisturizing, but it then restores the balance in the skin's microbiome. Don't I sound fancy? You do. Microbiome. 
Um, yeah, you know, I've been dealing with this for so long that I kind of know what I'm looking for. And what's so interesting is that it's been in Europe for five years and now it's finally available in the United States, which is big news because I know there are a lot of people out there. You know, there's a lot happening in the world, but that doesn't mean suddenly our skin is all healed up. <laughs> like we're still <laughs> dealing with all these issues that we had before we were all stuck at home. Plus, Europe has pretty stringent regulations for skincare products, as I know from other products I've worked with over the years. So that inspires confidence. I like that. So Gladskin with Microbalance is sold at gladskin.com. You'll get free direct shipping right to your door. And they have something called their gladness guarantee, which means if if you don't love it, you get your money back. And Spawn listeners, if you use the code CMP20, you will get 20% off plus free shipping when you purchase two or more bottles. And I have to say, you don't really need to use a lot, but it's not something you want to run out of. So I think you'll be glad that you have... Oh, look at that. You'll glad be glad. that you have Gladskin. <laughs> and now we're copywriters, too. Yes, we Anyway, you are. can get it at Gladskin.com. Use code CMP20, as in Cool Mom Picks 20, for 20% off and free shipping when you purchase two or more bottles. Kristen is way ahead of you. I'm sure she's like on her sixth or seventh bottle by now. <laughs> Close. Eighth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool picks of the week. And Stacy, you know how this goes. You're our guest. You get to go first. Although you did give us many cool picks. Do you have another one? It doesn't even have to be food related. It doesn't have to be food related. No, but it can be, of course. Oh, I, you know, I have been loving, and this is so bad. I'm going to have to give you the link afterwards. I probably shouldn't pick it since I can't name check it, but I have been treating myself to this fancy, beautiful, fragrant body lotion Ooh, yes. that I put in like a very fancy little bottle in my bathroom and I never used it because it was so expensive (laughs) that I've been like using little bits at a time. And ever since quarantine, after I get out of the shower, I slather myself in it. Like I want to smell good. I want to feel fancy. I want to feel fresh. And it's such a treat. And I have a couple of other like face creams that I love. Just anything that makes me feel like I have a minute to luxuriate in something. So it doesn't have a name. Oh, I got it. I finally (laughs) dug out every cream I have around the house. I was like face cream, foot cream, cuticle cream. I like have it all laid out. And I'm like, I'm using all of this now. Well, I need foot cream. Badly, but I don't know the name of it because it was such a treat that I put it in this special little pump myself. So I don't see the brand every day. Well, we will link it up. <laughs> well, we'll link up everything we talked about on our podcast page. So absolutely, we will find it. But I just love the idea of finding something, whatever that might be, especially when it comes to beauty products, because Lord knows how we're all going to look when this is all over. <laughs> <laughs> Do what you can in your house to make you feel better. Okay, Liz, what are, what are you picking this week? Okay, so, you know, we went to Toy Fair at the end of February, and then we didn't end up writing up a whole lot of toys right after that because <laughs> things, things happened, Kristen. Yes. And uh, also a lot of the products are delayed because a lot of them have components made in China. However, there is one thing I found which I love. So it's by a company called Wordsmith, a small company, and it's called The Best 
Best Self Wordsmith deck. And it's like a little box of 150 prompts, like little cards. So for those of you who are journaling or trying to write stuff out, it just gives you really good prompts. And it's sorted by world, relationships. But the the one I really like is education. And Mm. it's so great also at the dinner table, since we're all having so many family meals together, for inspiring conversation. Like, for example, one says, what career advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? So obviously good for a blog post or a journal, but also interesting at the table. If all jobs paid the same, what would you choose to do? Wow. Oh, very thought-provoking questions. Or what would selling out look like in your life? (laughs) Really interesting stuff. In fact, Kristen, maybe we should do a podcast episode where we'll just ask each other questions. Um, Anyway, it's really cool. You can find it on Amazon. I'll try to find some indie bookstores. You can find it at also, but it's just cool. It supports a small company, Wordsmith, and it's called The Best Self Deck. 150 intellectually stimulating writing prompts. Awesome. Okay, my cool pick of the week is something called Girls Night In Online, and it's a sister company to One Tough Bitch, the company that I've done some work for, and they're doing something really amazing, ladies. So they're offering free online classes and workshops on Zoom. So there's yoga classes. I did a Pilates class this week. They've got organization. They've got cooking. they got all kinds of awesome things. Cool. They're completely free, but all the women who instruct these classes have been unemployed due to the coronavirus pandemic. Oh, wow. And so what they're doing is giving these women a platform. They're putting up their Venmo and their PayPal. So if people want to leave a virtual tip, they can. And the site is not taking any money. Everything that gets raised is going to the instructors in these classes. So they're totally free. If you're inclined, you can donate. If you can't, that's not a problem. You can still join in. I've been working out every morning and I've also been learning a few new skills. There's a cocktail class coming up that I'm excited about because I'm drinking a lot (laughs) (laughs) these days and I feel like maybe I could drink an artisan drink. It balances out all that working out, you know. Well, it's it's funny because there are three (laughs) ingredient cocktails, which is two more than the cocktails I've been drinking. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to go to gnionline.com. You can follow them on social media as well. They're just doing a lot of good, which is just a great happy story. Seeing these women, they're so happy after they teach their class. People have been really generous. So anyway, I'm really happy to tell you about them. That is a cool pick. And that's all I got. Very good. These are all three (laughs) great picks. I love it. We are taking care of ourselves in all kinds of ways and hopefully we're taking care of you too. Stacey, thank you so much for joining us. It was so nice to talk to you guys. I love being with you guys. Yeah. And thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned. Huge thanks to our guest, Stacey Billis, and of course, our amazing sound engineer, John Bowen. And hey, how are you all doing? Our friends, please let us know. We want to hear from you. We're concerned about you. We are thinking about you a lot. Reach out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Cool Mom Picks. Drop us an email at spawned at Cool Mom Picks if you're more private-like. Or hey, if there's something you'd like us to cover on our show or you want to talk about what you heard here today, we'd love to hear about it, especially in our Spawned podcast community in Facebook, where we've had a ton of great discussions lately. You know, I was just going to say, if you want a little more Spawned in your week, 
head over to our podcast community, right? Because we're all there. We're chatting about all kinds of interesting things. Some of them funny, some of them not, but that's okay. We're well-rounded like that. We had a really good discussion this week about how everybody's doing with at-home learning, actually. So many different perspectives from different parts of the country, different kinds of schools, even different perspectives within the same cities. It's cool. You should check it out. It's uh, Spawned Podcast Community. Just search it in Facebook. It'll come right up. Ask to join and we'll accept you right away because we're cool like that. Anyway, we're hoping you're hanging in there, mamas. We're thinking about you. Thanks again for listening to Spawned and giving us some of your precious time because we know it is more precious than the media might have you believe. We are not sitting around bored with nothing to do. We are parents. Anyway, this is Liz. And this is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye.